Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. Taking your calls and your questions, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls, your questions, your prayer requests. And uh, not only can you call live on the show... <clears throat> but you can also text 7203360897 that's a dedicated texting line and uh, if we don't get calls we I turn over to the text line and try to answer some of the text questions and here we are show has begun 3036903 and so let's ta- start talking about what's on your mind. Tonight, we're at, uh, just so you know, we're going to be gathering together here at Calvary Church in Aurora. We're going to finish our series. I did a series on being free from your past, and we're going to study the topic of abiding and what greater freedom is there than to abide in Christ. The safest place on the planet Earth is for you and me to be found in Christ. And so we're going to be in that, uh, and we will be studying John's gospel and finishing up. You know, maybe you've been bound by a past. You are condemned. You are just overwhelmed with your past sin. You're overwhelmed with regret. You're overwhelmed with doubts. And besides all that, you've got people that accuse you. You have people that uh, are hounding you. The devil uh, is wanting to discourage you and distract you. And uh, we are looking forward to uh, growing in God's grace, uh, just being built up in the things of the Lord, being built up in what He wants to accomplish in our lives, and just knowing that you have freedom in Christ and how important it is to walk in the freedom in Christ through the abiding relationship of Jesus Christ. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your questions, we are live on the air. And whether you're here in the general metro area of Denver, front range of Colorado, all the way up into Cheyenne, Wyoming, uh, into some areas of Nebraska, east out on the plains, or west to the foothills, or you're in New Jersey, or in Pennsylvania, or in New uh, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, uh, whether you're in North Carolina, Kentucky, um, wherever Calvary, wherever Calvary is, uh, Calvary Live is aired. Welcome, 
welcome, welcome. 303-690-3000 is the number. I see the phone lines right here in front of me, and there is not one red light, uh, which is not unusual. We have gone uh, for almost half the show before there were any calls, and there's the red light. And one way to get Pastor Ed to stop talking is let's call, and all all the lines are full, 303-690-3000. You guys that call Calvary Church your home, we appreciate just a shout-out appreciating you being patient with all the construction we're doing here. Uh, We're remodeling downstairs and transforming the cafe area, the the welcome center area, the bookstore and all that. And I know it's been challenging. We've had some a few challenges recently. Uh, We've had a major challenge in parking. Uh, We've had a challenge down in our children's ministry space. Uh, We've had a challenge with all the construction. And I just appreciate your patience. The sanctuary's been quite full for all of our services as well. And, and so I, I want to thank you for being patient. And uh, we are just praying about what God wants to do in, in our church. We invite you to join us in prayer, um, that God would show us what he wants to do for a... for a... Um, what he wants to do in relationship to... Um, a new facility, a new place to meet, um, redesigned. Um, when we designed the current building, uh, it fit the needs of our church 13 years ago, and it and when we've adapted over the years, <coughs> we've adapted over the years to make it fit as the church has grown significantly, um, and and we're just praying, um, but we're we're learning, um, uh, we're learning to, uh, as we have as the foundation of our church, to maximize what God has entrusted to us, to be found faithful. So anyway, pray for us, would you, when you remember us? 303-690-3000. We'll just go right to the phone lines now. We're going to go to line one as Andrew in Denver, Colorado. Andrew, welcome to the program. Hey, Andrew, you're on the air. But I think you dropped off, or you're going through a rough spot. Uh, let me put you on hold, and maybe you'll come back. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. You had a question about communion, but let me see if we can get him back here. Did you get him back, Andrew? Well, you had a question about communion. What does the Bible say about whether we should take it at a specific time or routine? Um, those are two things that are not spoken of in the Bible. We're not given either a time or uh, or a routine. But we are told, to, uh, Jesus taught it, and it was repeated by Paul as he quotes Jesus, that, <clears throat> let's say, um, uh, let's say, First uh, Corinthians chapter 11, uh, verse 25, In the same manner, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink of it. Do it in remembrance of me. And that's the instruction. As often as you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. So we're not told how often. Uh, We're not told um, even how. We're not specifically instructed to repeat the Passover meal. He just he doesn't repeat the entirety of the Passover meal, 
but simply takes two elements out of the Passover meal. So some there are some today go, oh, you know, you you aren't really taking communion correctly unless you're doing it in in a mindset of the Jewish mind, like Jesus did at the Passover meal. Um, unfortunately, that's a real um, restriction placed upon believers that the Bible doesn't place. Because with that kind of mindset, then we should dress like Jesus, and he wore robes, and we should put sandals on our feet like Jesus, and we shouldn't have a place to lay our head. And some things are unique to the time and the place of Jesus Christ, and some things are universal. And what's universal is he took a piece of unleavened bread, and he took a cup of wine, uh, which is basically fermented fermented grape juice, which was the common drink of the day— it wasn't like today, and many people want to make that connection, but it wasn't like today, uh, where wine is a cottage industry and maybe even big business, and and the in, the intention of the alcohol content is on perfect on purpose. Uh, the fermenting of the grapes in the time of Jesus was primarily to have clean drinking water. Um, yes, they did get drunk, and drunkenness is for prohibited, <clears throat> but. It isn't like it wasn't used like today uh, in the life of Jesus. It was in the world around him, but not by Jesus. So we're not told how often, and we're not even told how. Um, but let's now that maybe Andrew's been listening, he may or may not heard the answer. Andrew, back in you're back on the air. Yes. Oh, perfect. Now I was answered your whole question, but um, maybe you heard it, maybe you didn't. I heard the yeah. Some of it. Yeah. Did you have any follow-up? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. This, uh, some pastors, some churches, um, they they do every Sunday. Yes. And then some every first week, first Sunday of the month. Yes. And, um, but I just confuse uh, which, which, one, which one is the right. Have to do every Sunday or once a month or... I wouldn't say I wouldn't ask I wouldn't answer the question which one is right. I would say both are okay because there is no instruction in the Bible to do it every week. Neither is there any instruction to do it once a month. Uh, there's just instruction to do it. So if a church chooses to do it every week, praise God. And if a church chooses if a gathering chooses to do it once a month, Praise God. As long as they're doing, as long as they're taking of the elements in remembrance of Jesus Christ, honoring and remembering his broken body and shed blood, uh, both are acceptable. Neither one, the Bible doesn't teach one way or the other. Oh, okay. Um, right, we, we've you. chosen here to do it every week on a Wednesday night and once a month on our weekend service. But every week you can have communion with us as a church, like tonight. Communion right. will be available tonight. All right. Thank you, Bash. You're welcome. Great question. Thanks for calling back. Thank you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. We're going to go to Greg in Aurora, Colorado. Greg, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. I don't know if mine's a question or more of a testimony, but i okay. um, been a Christian since the time I was a little kid, and... Uh, um. Basically, kind of backslid, and through my teenage years and college years, was uh, not really walking the walk or talking the talk. And uh, 
my wife and I have gotten stronger and stronger um, as Christians together. We've been married 30 years, and um, there was one area of my life that just never really, I don't know if you want to say not repented of or just cleaned up, but it seems like social drinking, uh, oh, and by the way, we have a a little prison, not a prison, but a halfway house ministry we've been doing for three years where we, I put together a, some of God's Word on a Bible study, and I, I love to cook, and, and uh, but we do that a couple times a month. And But anyway, this always has been there, this, like, social drinking. Yes. Um, I mean, it seems like my side of the family, her side of the family, um, you know, co-workers, boss, you know, uh company events it's just always been there like you know about once a week and sometimes you know drinking it to excess too you know okay. uh, not just a little bit but you know just kind of go and go and go and uh recently uh, and i kept praying to god i was like i don't want to want this anymore uh it's just, it's just like everywhere around me and i always seem to you know sporting event whatever find a reason to have some um but I just kept praying about it, and, and thank God I, I was never chemically, like physically addicted to it. It was probably the worst kind of guy, because I just did it because I wanted to, you okay. know? Um, but recently, I, I uh, had a fluky—it's I, I, the answer to the prayer, but I got a fluky DUI up in the mountains, and uh, I swear I have been just crushingly convicted— I mean, on my knees, asking for mercy, repenting. Um, this has been about seven, five, six, seven weeks ago, something like that. And uh, just, I've completely repented of it. I don't have any craving for it. I don't want it. But I just have this feeling of loss, like the enemy is just telling me every time I pray now, which is much more frequent. <laughs> like, oh yeah, you're just, you're just doing that, you know, just, just to make yourself feel better, you know, and. I just sort of almost feel like it's mechanical or, uh, you know, a, a checklist type thing, which it's not, but it just is in the back of my head. But anyway, so it's just been something that's completely convicted me of it and I've repented of it, but um, I just want to keep on growing and fill that spot that was, you know, where I was doing that um, and and grow. So I don't right know on. if that's a question. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, God uses a lot of circumstances to open our eyes to to the reality of, of moving forward in Him. And as we make progress, you know, we move from stage to stage in our maturity and in our growth, and it sounds like God is moving you to another stage, and He's going to bless that. Yeah, well, like I said, I don't know if it's a question or not, but it just I just felt like such a sense of loss, like He's going to take away the little uh, Bible study ministry we have in the halfway house. And well, let's, just, let's talk about that for a second. You know, God God allows us to serve Him by grace, and, you know, it is possible for us to blow it and to suffer consequences, and so I'm not sure what consequences you're going to face. I'm not sure, but God is gracious, and He's He's awakened you. He's awakened you, and though even those listening in right now, to the seriousness of of what what it is to be entrusted with someone else's life and to to be entrusted as a ambassador of Jesus Christ on behalf of Jesus to people and I don't know what the consequence will be I don't I'm not sure what that's going to look like but if if you did lose it 
Um, the Bible says that God withholds nothing that's good for us, and so you'll have a lesson to learn. But if you don't end up losing it and God is gracious to you, then you're only going to value it all the more. Oh, and, yeah. And, um, and, and that's my prayer. My prayer is that you don't beat yourself up. You face, you know, face the face the music, you know, and 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 don't drive. Don't ever drive under the influence ever again. Um, right, right. It, it's it. God was gracious to you already that you didn't end up hurting anyone or make a mistake that you would regret. Um, you know, a good friend of mine, Frank, um, his father was was run over by a drunk driver and he lost his dad. Um, oh. And it forever changed his life, and and so just you know, I know I know that there's a lot of talk about freedoms in the body of Christ today, but some freedoms it's just good to stay away from and mm-hmm. and focus our lives on serving Him. And so let me pray that God would be gracious to you, and and that your heart for serving people would not disappear, uh, but it would only grow deeper. Thank you, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, Fa- I read read a few times in there where Paul was saying. <laughs> Yeah, we have this freedom, but don't but use it to glorify God and don't be a stumbling block to others. And that's kind of where I just felt so convicted about it. Well, Father, I thank you for the conviction of your Holy Spirit. Um, I pray that it stays for Andrew in the realm of conviction, uh, or excuse me, Greg, and um, stays in the realm of conviction and not in condemnation. <clears throat> but even as you're revealing to him how it will be a greater place of uh, a greater place of commitment to you, a greater place of holiness. Um, we know that the wages of sin is always death, and so there's always some kind of um, putrefying effect of our sinful decisions. But your grace is greater, Lord. Where sin abounds, your grace much more abounds. And so I pray for that abounding grace in my friend's life, um, that that as he. Uh, continues to learn these lessons. I'm just, first of all, Lord, I'm very grateful <clears throat> that he didn't hurt anyone, um, that he didn't hurt himself, and that this just ended in a ticket and not something more drastic. But also, God, that you revealed to him a new step of faith to take in moving away from alcohol completely and just devoting himself to your call upon his life. And so I pray that whatever consequences he faces, Lord, you'd be merciful in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, buddy. God bless you, All right. Talk to you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Um, A text question caught my eye. And let me... Uh, where did it go here? It was a question about uh, what happened to it. Uh, I'll have to pick it up. I, I'll pick it up in the middle. It was about sanctions in the church. And let's see here. That was good. Well, I'll have to look for it later. 303 690 and we're going to go to Jazz, calling from Denver, Colorado. Jazz, welcome to the program. Hi, can you hear me? I can, yes. Hi, good afternoon, Pastor Ed. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, the reason I'm calling is um, I 
I just uh, received a job offer and um, I signed the offer and then as we're now processing, you know, relocation and everything, there are some things that you know, are just coming up which I felt was like, um, you know, it's not it's beyond, it's out of my expectation. And so I'm kind of like having a pause and like thinking to myself and praying about it. Is this right thing to do? I'm praying about the Holy Spirit. Like, is this God's will for me? Because if it's God's will, okay, I'll do it. And then on the other hand, I also have um, the interview process, which is about to end. And I'm just kind of like more leaning on that one. So my question is, okay, there's no problem kind of like rescinding on the on the offer. However, what I'm thinking of is the integrity and the commitment that I've made. You know, if, okay, so they're not going to sue me or anything, but it's, I still... I feel guilty, like, am I still obeying God? Am I still letting him run the, my life? And am I following his quest? So I'm kind of, like, conflicted, conflicted right now. And so, yeah, I'm praying about it and not making any any decisions or any moves or calling the company and telling them I'm sending it. So I probably I need a prayer or clarity or guidance. Okay. I don't know. Well I can definitely pray for you and and I, I could say that this is a this is a difficult place that you're in, but it doesn't have to be so difficult. If you're abiding in Christ and you're going through the steps to look for another position and you were offered this position and initially you wanted it and now you don't, then just don't take it. Okay. Um, yeah, but I signed the offer letter, and that's the part we're in. I'm thinking, like, all right, whoever uh, God places um, as my authority, it's kind of like I'm working for God. I feel like okay. if I receive the offer, like, what about my commitment to God? You know, it's, it's okay. Know, then, then you, if you sign the paper, then take the job. Okay. Okay. I mean, uh, I, I, yeah. I, I think either answer is from the Lord. If you have to humble yourself and tell them that you signed the paper incorrectly and that you, whatever reason, and you're just honest with them, um, then you're, you know, you, either way, you're going, sometimes we make the will of God so difficult. And one of the things that I'm always looking for in my life is a peace that passes all understanding. The Bible says for me to let the peace of God rule in my hearts. And, and, even though every time I take a step of faith, I'm going to be a little troubled in my heart. I'm going to be a little troubled trusting God. My trouble is going to be within the realm of peace. And, and I know I, I, can under, I can hear in your voice and in the way you describe it how hard this is for you. And as you're praying, you're, you're not sure if you should do it or you shouldn't do it. Um, but the reality is, is that you need to move whatever decision you make if you take the job or you don't take the job, it's going to be by faith. And ultimately, whatever the outcome is, it's going to draw you closer to God because you're going to trust him even more. So if you keep the job and you do the reload package, um, then the Lord is going to be there with you. And if you don't take the job and you have to humble yourself and tell the, the HR department that you made a mistake, I'm sure there's somebody right behind you that wants your job. I'm sure that you're yeah. not the only one they interviewed 
and but they felt that you were the greater candidate for their position. And in order for you to work there, you also have to believe that that's the job that God wants you in right now. And then you just take a step of faith. Um, and again, if you take the step of faith, and I'm giving you the options because I really don't know the answer for you, but if you take the step of faith and it doesn't work out, then you come home. If you don't take yep. the step of faith and it doesn't work out, you look for another job. Either way, you're going to be able to abide in Christ, and either way, it, uh, it's n- it's not from, you know, the devil is not giving you the job, right? God has opened that door okay. for you, and, exactly. and so either way, it's going to be a building faith. You just need to make a decision. Okay. Thank you so much, Pastor. I really appreciate that. Thank you. God bless. All right. Thank bye-bye. And, uh, yeah. Let me pray yeah. for you. Can I, please? Yes, please. Okay, let's Thank do you. that. Father, we don't always know the exact answer to these questions, and and it's hard uh, to take these steps of faith. And I pray for my sister Jazz as she wrestles with it. It's it's a lot more complicated and a lot more difficult than a radio show answer, and you know that, and so do I. And so I pray you'd give her wisdom and that you would strengthen her on what decision she needs to make and not only help her to make this decision. You know, your word says and I hold to this truth, that you're working in us both to will and to do for your good pleasure. So whatever it is that you're going to use in Jazz's life to bring you good pleasure, work it within her that she might respond by faith and rise to the occasion of what you've called her to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. Uh, Call us back when you you make a decision. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. All right. 303-690-3000. I found the text. It's from Philadelphia. That's what happened. It got a second one came in. So Ben's in Philadelphia. Have a question about sanctions. Is it biblical to stop someone from being active in the church because they've fallen into some type of sin? Yes. Um, it is the prerogative of the leadership of the church to temporarily remove someone from a position of responsibility within God's church because of sin. We would normally use the word disqualify. There are times when a person is disqualified. Um, How do you determine the length of the sanction? Can it be indefinite? Well, you know, some of it's going to be determined by what the situation was. Uh, Some of it's going to be determined by whether the person's repentant or not. Some of it's going to be determined by... Um, how the leadership of the church chooses to restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Um, and, and there's a lot of little details that are involved, but it's not the church's leadership's responsibility to punish a person. That's not what it's for. Um, one of the best insights that we get on something like this is the unrepentant man in 1 Corinthians that was having sexual relations with his dad's wife. And the leaders didn't do anything about it, They kind of gloried in it, and by the time Paul wrote his letter, he says, you guys need to hand this guy over to Satan. We call that church discipline, and there's a necessity of discipline, just like with a parent disciplining their children. uh, The the reality of a discipline is to help bring about change, and spiritual church discipline is about bringing holiness into the the church uh, and, and helping the person be disciplined and growing in grace. And it's unfortunate so much in the church today of pastors approving of sin, cooperating in sin, instead of taking a holy stance against sin. 
and it's just wrecking the church. It wrecks our witness. It wrecks everything about us when we don't deal with sin properly. Um, but the best thing to do, bro, is call because I. That's a general answer. Um, if you have, if you want details, you're gonna have to call so we could talk about it. Okay, three zero three six nine zero three thousand. We got an open line. Take it while you can. Uh, we're coming up really quick here on our first and only break of the show. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Aurora. I'm also the host of Abounding Grace Radio, and we get to teach the Bible day after day, week after week, uh, and and just invite you into our sanctuary by technology. So we're going to be taking a break. We'll be back in just a few. This is Calvary Live, originating on Grace FM in Colorado, but broadcast around the country. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. Taking your calls and your questions, I have the privilege of pastoring here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, and uh, just... Just a blessing to be on the radio with you today, to talk about the things of the Lord together, uh, to be strengthened in uh, the inner man, the inner woman, uh, just open to the Holy Spirit to answer our questions and be in the midst of our conversation. And so give me a call. We have an open line, 303 is the area code, 690-3000. And then we have a dedicated texting line, 720-336-0897. And so we are taking your calls and your questions, um, just wanting to talk about, you know, what, where, else do we, where else do we get to talk about the things of the Lord? It's pretty cool. Brenda is on the line. She wants to talk to us. Brenda, welcome to the program. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I was just calling because, um, you know, we, my family is now, um, uh, they have, we've been serving the Lord now for four years. Um, so we're still what I feel is babies in the, in the relationship with God, but we're learning. Okay. Um, and my entire family serves, but we have faced um, prior to us, um, we have faced a lot of troubles. Um, uh, my husband and I, as a family, we've uh, faced a lot of um, just difficulties through our marriage. We didn't know what it was, what a marriage was really like. We didn't understand the function, um, and we hurt each other um, mutually. But right now, um, we've been trying to rebuild our marriage. We're trying to work on. Um, just kind of working past all of that to maintain the family, to continue to serve the Lord and to continue to keep our family serving the Lord because we've been blessed that all of my children um, have a function in our congregation. Um, and so we want to maintain that. We want to continue to form that okay. ground of stability for our children. But um, we're the hurdle that we're on is just um, getting through the forgiveness. Um, uh, for myself, um, I feel like I've kind of let a lot of our 
our burdens go myself. But I know my my husband himself struggles a lot through um, a lot of the pain that we've caused each other. And um, he's just has a hard time and he just doesn't, he feels like he hits a dead end every, you know, every time. Um, and he um, doesn't know how to get past that. Like it, it's a constant reminder. Um, and so I'm just asking, you know, like um, we've looked at the word, we've meditated over the word, we've prayed every day. Um, I pray on a daily basis. My husband does all the time. He's, you know, soaking himself in the word, trying to evolve from that. But it, it's that forget that forgetting part. Forgiveness, he says, he feels like he's gotten to, and he he feels like he's uh, okay. You're forgiven. I've forgiven you for what you've done to me. You've forgiven me for what I've done to you. But the forgetting, like he, he yeah. constantly brings it up every day, and I don't know how to help him get past that. Okay. Um, we have a brother that evangelated my husband years ago, and he always tells us, you know, just pray and pray and pray, and we do <laughs> constantly. We pray. Um, but I feel like there's got to be something more, maybe something in the Word that can help me or help my husband and help mostly him um, sure. to help him learn about how the forgetting part works because oh. he's just not getting past that. Okay, that's. I mean, that's a it's a great question, and I'm sorry that you guys have faced such difficult pain. And um, you you mentioned it to the call screener. Or, or is it okay to mention it on the air? Sure. Uh, so so there's adultery that's taking place in the marriage. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I'm sorry because that's a real that's a real difficult um, pain to endure, uh, but right. I want to commend you guys for still being together, and I want to commend you guys for stepping into forgiveness and and it's a long path, and um, I'm grateful that you guys are sticking it out in the Lord to work on reconciling and and to work on this because many people don't. So I just want to encourage you there before I give an answer, okay? Absolutely. So, so that this is, I've got some homework for you guys. But before I give okay. you the homework, I want, I want your husband, if he happens to be listening, or he might listen to this at another time, <clears throat> I want to let him off the hook uh, in one of the things that gives him the most frustration, and that is he will not be able to forget this. Mm-hmm. So the idea of forgiving and forgetting uh, is sometimes misunderstood in the idea that we just won't remember something anymore. Um, right. It's not true. We're, we, right. we can't forget that. It's, it's a deep pain, um, and it will not be forgotten. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that, I can't say forever and ever, but I'm pretty confident that's a memory that will stain. Um, right. It, that's why, it's one of the reasons why it's such a devastating sin. Um, mm-hmm. It has a long-term effect. Mm-hmm. However, you know, the, there's a difference between forg- forgiving <clears throat> and healing. So, mm-hmm. so forgiveness is an act, and like you shared, your husband is at a place where he is willing to release. I'm gonna, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm not going to assume anything, but it was, was it you that committed adultery? Mm-hmm. And so he is, he has released you from the debt of that sin. That's what mm-hmm. forgiveness means. He's released you, and 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 he loves you. Otherwise, he wouldn't be with you. Mm-hmm. He loves you. I know you both wish it wouldn't have happened. I know that there's pain and guilt in your own life as well. And mm-hmm. he's forgiven you. I believe that. I believe it when you say that. But every time the thought comes up, every time his hurt surfaces, part of him wants you to hurt too. Right. And you do hurt. And 
the problem with us is that we want someone to hurt more than we did. Right. The Bible calls that revenge. And mm-hmm. so we battle it. It's a battle of the spirit and the flesh. That over time, so so here's the thing. <clears throat> Forgiveness is an act, but healing is a process. Mm-hmm. And healing takes time. And it takes it healing comes not only through the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our tribulation. That's where your mm-hmm. pastor evangelist friend says, just pray. That's good. Right. That's good. That's the that that taps you into the healing process. But you also right. need to learn how to behave so that right. you don't make it worse in your like how do how do I crucify my flesh? Right. How, what what steps do I take? to dismiss this thought where I'm going to use it against her because I'm so mad right now and I'm so hurting, you know, and right. that, and, and what happens is you guys need to get some help like right away because if this pattern keeps going, you guys are going to hurt each other worse than the adultery. Right. And I know that sounds hard to believe, but it's true. Right. And if your husband was in the room with me right now, I would say this, your wife's sin does not give you permission to sin against her mm-hmm. over and over again. And for you guys to sit down with a counselor, with a pastor, and actually walk through some behavioral changes and some obedient steps that will get you away from your sin. Every time he brings it up, it's like it happened yesterday. Exactly. And it didn't happen yesterday. And I try to explain to him, um, you know, like, um, I feel his pain. Um, Sometimes, you know, I get up and do my daily functions. I get up and... You know, we get the kids to school, take my son to work. You know, I go on. I have, you know, my mother has stage four lung cancer. Um, so we're working through that process as well. And and he sees me go on about my daily life. You yes. know, I play with the kids, whatever. I have a normal conversation. And I, in his mind, when he's hurting, he feels that I have no pain and that I have not suffered a punishment sufficient enough for the pain I have caused him. Which um, which tells us that his forgiveness is incomplete. Right. And, and I try to remind him every day, like, I know that I've hurt you. There's, there's just, I feel like there's nothing, I and I even, including, I told him yesterday, like, there's nothing I can say. Like, I don't have the magic words, unfortunately. I, I can only say I'm sorry so many times. I can only say, you know, Again, I'm sorry. There's just nothing else for me to say. You know, I'm not excusing behaviors or anything of that nature. Um, but just because you don't see me hurting, or just because I don't cry to you, or just because you don't see that I have pain, doesn't mean that I don't have a burden. Doesn't mean that I don't feel upset when you are crying, or when you're upset, or when you get angry. Because I can see it in his face. Yeah. Sometimes he doesn't even have to say anything. Yes, I can see the wheels turning in him. You bet. And there's times where he start, he just his facial expression sometimes, or gestures that he makes that I know that I'm like, okay, it's replaying again. Yes. And and I don't say anything. I don't necessarily cry. I don't, because I don't. I don't want to cry. I don't want to make it feel like my pain is worse than his. His yes. pain will never compare compare to mine. And vice versa, but I still hurt. It it hurts me to see him that way. He's my husband, and I love him. But and I just I don't know how to fix that. Well, it, it it isn't really fixable, not by not by us, not by you. And you know, in these early stages, it's hard for the offended party to think anything other than what your husband's thinking. And I'm not approving of it. It's just the reality. And you're living it too, so it's not like I need to explain that to you. This is, and everyone listening in, 
you know, we can thank Brenda for letting us into their life a little bit. This is this is why we beg you not to go down this path. This is why we, as pastors and friends, say, don't do it. It won't lead to where you think it leads. It it won't help. It won't, n- nothing about sin. It's just such a liar. And, and you're living proof of the pain that a sin like this brings into a marriage. However, however, there is hope. And these are hard days. You know, he's, he's, he's angry, he's frustrated, he's hurt, he feels like something was stolen from him, and, and he feels betrayed. Um, he's grieving, which a lot of people don't realize that, that grief is a response to loss. And you guys need to sit down with someone that knows what they're doing so that they can walk you through. This isn't, I'm not saying you can't do it alone, but with so many godly men and women in the church today, like you really need some help. And and that doesn't mean like you guys are in desperation. It's just someone to help you will accelerate the growth of helping you. Right. So and do you I have- feel like it is, I feel like it is desperation because okay, we want to keep our family together. You okay. know what I mean? Like we do want to maintain and we do like once he's done processing, whatever it is he's processing in the moment after that, he, he kind of comes back to and he'll say, you know what? I'm sorry. I didn't want to hurt your feelings. I know that we're trying to move past this. Cause you know, yeah. he, you know, he brings it up and we, we tend to argue about it again. And it's oh, yeah. like, and then afterwards he'll say, "You know what? Never mind. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. I know we're trying to move past this. I, you know, we're, I forgive me. You know." And then it just starts all over. It's kind of like yeah. the way I explain it to him. It's just like this roller coaster ride. It's this movie that replays over and over again, and I just can't stop it. Do you Do you know and what I, the Bible calls what What's happening? You know what you What you That cycle you just described. Do you know what what the what the Bible word is for that? What is that? Idolatry. Yeah. And, and let me explain to you what I mean by that. Your husband is hurting so bad in a moment. A memory comes back. He feels the pain, uh, and he has to do something with it. You know, you can't internalize it. He has to do something with it. And his choice is, in the moment, to do exactly what the Bible says, casting all my care upon you, Lord, because you care for me. And that would be an act of worship, right? But instead, in, in order to give him a peace, in order to give him, like, like when we're hurt, we have to do something with that hurt. We, we have to respond in some way. Uh, and, and, and we can either respond in a sinless way or a sinful way, but there's no third option. And, and what your husband has created, what a habit, what habit he's created is for his peace you know, to get his peace back, he lashes out. Um, what, what the world? Have you ever heard the phrase "coping mechanism"? Yeah. What the world calls coping mechanism, the Bible calls idolatry. Okay. And what what helped what what we do to get us through the moment, instead of going to God, is idolatry. And if we do it long enough, we start to worship. And imagine this. And this is why you you guys got to sit down with someone because. It, it you guys aren't as far from healing as you as it feels right now and like every time your husband does that he actually you guys are now it, it's actually not the adultery that you're dealing with mm-hmm. it's the new sin it's the new pain 
It's the, your husband has new consequences. You have new consequences. Then you guys start arguing. Then it feels like you're never going to get out of it when all the while he was just responding to the hurt. Whenever we're hurt, we have to find a way to deal with that hurt. And what we need, what, what's helpful for your husband is to, to take that hurt and create a new habit of laying that hurt before the Lord and trusting him. Um, you know, things, you know, when we're not trusting in the Lord, we deal with, with fears, anxieties, anger, uncertainty, distress, even depression. And even the best of believers deal with this. This isn't, you know, after my son passed away, depression showed up very quickly because I, the grief was so overwhelming that God was teaching me how little I depended upon him during the grief. And it didn't make me a bad believer. Uh, it didn't make me a bad man. It just made me a normal human man. And then, and then in my life, when you compound with some of the sinful actions that were happening around us toward our family in the midst of grief, even to this moment, um, it's a temptation not to rely on Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and so as you guys walk through this thinking patterns um, and, and really learn how to create an environment where um, we, we either talk about it till we don't talk about it anymore, like, like there's a different way of talking about it. He could come to you and say, and it's still going to be painful, but he could come to you and say, Brenda, a thought just came to my mind, and, and I want you to know it made me really mad. Would you pray for me? Wouldn't that be very different than what some of your other arguments have been? Yeah, and he's and he has he's done that before. Like yes, sometimes before he goes to work, he'll say, "Listen, I'm really getting attacked by the enemy. You really have to pray for me." And I tell him all the time, I'm praying for you on a daily basis. As I'm sitting here talking to you, I'm praying for you. I'm talking to God and asking for him to heal you. You know, because I don't, I, what scares me is that he gets to the point of depression, like you say. um, And sometimes he's like, I just want to walk away. I'll just go back to the world. And, you know, I'm failing at this and I'm failing at that. And I'm not clearly pleasing God in this direction. And I'm not pleasing him in that direction. And then sometimes he just wants to just walk. And I'm like... I, we can't do that. We've, you know, I've already walked away, yes. and this has torn my family apart. Yes. I need to fix this. We need to not walk away. We need to stay strong. We need to, you know, I, and I explain that. I try to explain that to him. Like, you've been so strong through this whole process of maintaining the family together, and you, and you, you know, forgiving, forgiven me, or you've taken me back, or what, however you want to put it. I told him, but. We can't just give up. You have to remember that this all happened for a reason. All of this that we went through, good, bad, whatnot, it went for a reason. And now we're with God, and now we need to depend on Him. And, like, I hurt, too. I have a lot of pain. I have the pain that I caused my family, my home, my marriage, my kids. And that's not the only pain I deal with. I deal with, like, the pain of with my mother's illness. You know yes. what I mean? I have a lot of pain, too. But yes. I have to stay strong for Him because I try to. I want to try to remind Him that, if we're together, we need to work past it together, but not in a confrontational attack. I want it to be in prayer, in a healing process, because I, I keep feeling like he wants me to say something that that would make sense to him of what right. happened. Do you know what I mean? Like Absolutely, he, and gonna he's not going to get that. to him that's going to say, okay, that makes sense. That's the reason why this happened. Right. And, I, and I told him, like, that's not going to happen. There is nothing of what we've gone through in our entire, we've been married for, you know, a long time, 21, 22 years. Yeah. 
uh, and and I've, I've told him, you know, like there is nothing of what we've done to each other, of what I've done to you, um, because of course that's um, he, you know, he always reminds me about that's the worst um, that anybody can do to each other. And so I tell him, there is nothing that that I've done to you that is going to make any sense. There is nothing I can say that's going to neither a justify it or b make it click in your head and say, okay, so, this is the reason this happened. So let's. Um let's wind down and see if I can't get you to, I know you don't want uh, where you're at identified, so we won't talk about your church, but in general, have you guys sat down as a pastor, walked you through this? Um, we've uh, tried talking to our pastors a couple of times. Um, they're, um, they've talked to like my husband on, uh, because we kind of um, separated for a while and they mm-hmm. tried, they talked to him separately. I had to talk to them separately. I kind of just, for a while, I I didn't even congregate for a while because sure you know okay he so was there, whatever so here's what I'm going to suggest um I, I want you to email me because that way it won't be on the air and I'm going to find you a Calvary Chapel near you one of my friends that you guys can go and meet with at least one time and not have the you're in a different church you're outside and and it's somebody that I know that can help you walk through some of the pain you guys are going through. And then I'll also respond with a list of things. So if you're writing them down, I can tell you a great book on this subject. It's called Torn Asunder, A-S-U-N-D-E-R, okay. Torn Asunder. It's it's a tool specifically for those wrestling uh, with the after effects of adultery. Okay. I'm also going to send you a pamphlet when you email me on on the topic of forgiveness. Okay. And then I'm, I'm just teaching a series right now. I'm finishing it tonight on how to be free from your past. And I can't help but that would sow seeds. Like this isn't going to happen overnight. That's what we all have to understand. It's not, gonna ha- it's not a Bible study and it's not a book that as soon as you read it, it's going to be over. But instead, we're going to gain some new insights and tools on how to grow in this new marriage. It's a new marriage. It's a new work of God. What the enemy tried to destroy God is going to restore. And and so, you know, to get you, like I said, I know you don't want to, um, you, you're going to keep everything anonymous, so just email me, and I'll respond to that email tomorrow with some information for you. Um, okay. And another book on marriage, just to help your marriage in general, just to mm-hmm. start fresh. and but But to walk through these things with you guys in the same room is very important. Okay. Well, we would greatly appreciate it. Okay, here's my email address. It's Pastor Ed at CalvaryAurora.org. C A L V A R Y A U R O R A dot org. Okay. And we'll we'll give you the tools and pray that the Lord heals you guys. And I, I think that I think that you guys are farther along than it feels. Um, mm-hmm. because you're still together and you're working things out like every time there's an ink, but we can teach you how those could be less and less. Okay. And I greatly appreciate it. And thank you so much for taking our calls. And I want to just tell you, I, we listened to you. My son just started recently listening, um, to Grace FM and, oh, good. you know, it's, it's been a blessing and we love listening to your guys' services and, well, what an you know, honor. We take, yeah, it's it's amazing. We we listen to this specific broadcast 
um, because we do also learn a lot from those yeah, callers. And, it's true, huh? That's how I learn. I learn a lot too, uh, uh, listening to shows like this. It's so cool. All right, can I pray for you? In the questions that maybe we don't have. Oh. Absolutely. Okay, Father, I just pray for my sister that uh, in her marriage, it's a painful, painful thing. I pray for her and as she sees her mom very sick and and just just the warfare, the demonic activity, the emotions that are swirling this fa- surrounding this family, Lord, it's it's too much for us to handle. We're beyond ourselves, but your word says that you're sufficient for us, that in our weakness, your strength is made perfect. And so we know directions, Lord, and we know um, insights, and we know, uh, God, things that your Bible says, but you're the one that empowers, and you're the one that strengthens us, and you're the one that helps. And I know that you're in the midst of this marriage, and I pray that they could get through this very rough season so they could come out on the other side stronger And I pray by faith that one day this ugly, horrific sin and your beautiful, wonderful restoration will be a testimony out of their lips, like that they would stand before or sit before a group of people sharing their testimony of what you've done in their life. And I know it's hard to see right now. There's no way. There's just no way they can't see it. But by your healing power, it's possible of one more family that has been rescued um, will be a testimony under your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. All right, talk to you later. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Um, Let's see, how much time do we have? We've got a few minutes, so let me get over to Shannon. Shannon in Broomfield, Colorado. Shannon, welcome to the program. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hey, what's up? Okay. So I just want to say thank you for allowing me to call and all of your people. And um, just thank you to the to the woman who you were just talking to because my topic is about my fiancé and I uh, we are getting married next month. Oh, congratulations. So, Thank you very much. This is um, it's it's great to hear um, perspective of someone who's been married. So, um, my question actually stems from my fiance and I. He just became a Christian, got baptized um, in March, and so that's so awesome, so cool to watch him. Um, and we, I think, both of us are just wrestling with some some restlessness. Uh, we want to to do God's work, but we just we want to know like how can we really just be patient with God's timing and how can we really search out where He wants us and what He wants us to do because we feel like we're in a rut, you know, just kind of in this this waiting period. So getting yeah. frustrated, but we need to be patient. So uh, is I, without reading any anything into it, is there frustration wrestling when it comes to intimacy? Like, is that what you're talking about? Being no, patient? no, no. We um we have we're celibate. We we chose to okay, do that. Good. We're just um just we're waiting impatient. for the month. Yeah, okay. yeah, we're just um we're we're I guess impatient with where God wants to put us okay. in the world. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, that's a discovery process, isn't it? You know, that's a dis- we we don't quite know. Marie and I, my wife and I, just celebrated thirty years of marriage, and we can look back in those earlier days 
and and we're in the same position as you were, um, maybe even worse. You know, I I the way I live my life and uh, really closed opportunities for me um, to to pursue a career and everything because I did everything backwards and upside down and 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 sin sin just permeated my life. So the fact that you guys are are saved, I think for the next thirty days, you know, a month that you guys dedicate yourselves to ha- developing your walk with the Lord. Like, for example, have you guys done any premarital counseling for your upcoming marriage? Yeah, we're actually, we've met with our pastor okay, um, a few times, and we've good. done the Symphys assessment as well. Okay, so so that don't, don't, don't treat premarital, so let me, there's a piece of advice, don't treat pre- premarital as an event, but rather a process, and... You know, make a commitment because it's only four or five weeks, right? So make a commitment that in the next four or five weeks, you guys are really pouring into your marriage because it's, and, and the reason I say that is because it's out of your marriage that where God will put you in the world. And, and here's the key. While you're waiting for God to put you somewhere in the, wor- somewhere in the world, be faithful where you are. And just thinking back, Marie and I, thinking back, you know, where I, I used to work a very dead-end, mundane job. Um, and, and I pretty much expected to do that my entire life. Um, and I was happy for it. Um, I was happy for that job. It provided for my family. Um, I paid the bills with it. I raised a family with it. Um, but I wasn't entirely happy with it. And it was in Jesus Christ that I learned that my happiness wasn't in what I did, but it was in who I was. And Shannon, we're out of time. Can you call back tomorrow? I'll put yes, you first I on can. the show. I want to talk this through. This is such a great question. So call me back tomorrow, okay? I will. Thank All right. You. Thanks, Shannon. Oh, that was a good question, but the music's on. Come here tonight, 7 o'clock. Uh, we're in the book of John, our final study and free from our past. CalvaryAurora.org. All the information. Come on out. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.